Hello and welcome to Meta Beta Gaming. I am your host, Matthew Warbay, aka MWarbe001 for all you Instagram followers and for all you PC gamers. I'm CoolHardy100 on Steam because as you probably figured out by now, I have given up on modern console gaming altogether. I'm strictly going to stick to PC and of course my old trusty consoles, my Xbox 360, my PlayStation 3, my Wii, my Wii U, and the only modernish console I still own is the Nintendo Switch. Because it's the Nintendo Switch, obviously. I think everybody has a Switch. Even my grandmother has a Switch, for God's sake. So, yeah. But this episode is going to be a different one. This episode is going to be another review. Uh, my first review was Netflix's Pokemon Connoisseur. You can check that episode out. This one is another Netflix series. Because this Christmas, I did a lot of Netflix watching. This one is... Netflix's Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon. Yes, the Star Wars ripoff has been everywhere. You know, everybody's calling it a Star Wars ripoff. Even from the trailer, just critics are killing it. On Rotten Tomatoes, the critic score is around 20%, while the audience score is around like 75%. So it's really diverse. Like, critics hate it. Audiences love it. So... Like always, I decided to watch it over the Christmas holiday. And here are my thoughts about it. I did not read reviews. I watched this with no review reading whatsoever. Nothing on Rotten Tomatoes. Nothing on Forbes. Nothing. No comments. Reddits. Nothing. I wanted to go in this completely blind. So that way, once I make this review and I give it to you guys, it's unbiased. It's as unbiased as it could get without being influenced by thing. And first of all, I want to kind of comment on people calling it a Star Wars ripoff. Yes and no. Yes, it's very influenced by Star Wars because originally Zack Snyder pitched this film to Lucasfilms as a Star Wars film. Obviously, Lucasfilms said no. So, so Zack Snyder reworked it and created his own film. There's nothing wrong with that. Artists do it all the time. It's a very common thing in the film industry. It doesn't make it a Star Wars ripoff. I think people forget that Star Wars in itself is a ripoff of so many other genres back in that time. Back in 1977 when the original Star Wars was released, I, I watched the original Star Wars. I watched, actually, I found... The original 16 millimeter print of Star Wars online in uh, archive.org. The original 16 millimeter print. And that's the one that I watched to give it a more authentic look. And the original Star Wars ripped off a lot of movies of that era. Of, well, not that era, but of that, of uh, some famous, you know, science fiction things. It ripped off. A classic Japanese film called Seven Samurais. You you could tell Star Wars, uh, George Lucas took a lot of inspiration from Seven Samurais, from Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon was a popular stable at that time before Star Wars. And George Lucas really, really dived into that. There's other things that Zack Snyder, just like every artist, took inspiration by not just Star Wars but by the Magnificent Seven, Seven Samurais and a lot of other things that 
just about every other filmmaker also, <laughs> I guess, it is inspired by. But calling it a Star Wars ripoff makes it like Star Wars was this big original thing when it really wasn't. You know, Star Wars borrowed a lot from the classic films before it. And just like now, Zack Snyder borrowed a lot of things that are popular and that were influenced. So the cycle continues. It doesn't make it a ripoff. Everything's a ripoff nowadays. I think people forget that everything rips off of something. It's how you film it and how you spin on it and make it your own that makes it unique. Like, yes, Star Wars borrowed Seven Samurais, Flash, Gordon. Those are the two biggest things that it borrowed. But George Lucas was smart enough and made his own thing with what made those films popular. Same thing with this film. Zack Snyder took what was popular about all of these successful movies. Like The Magnificent Seven, Seven Samurai, Flash Gordon, Star Wars, science fiction in general. Took all those things, what made them popular, and he made his own spin on it. The film in itself, yes, it's visually stunning. I think this is one of Zack Snyder's strengths with this film, that it's visually stunning. Oh my God, the backdrops, the scenery, the cinematography. This is Zack Snyder unhinged. You know, Netflix obviously gives Zack Snyder full creative control. He is not restrained, and he takes full advantage of his creative vision. This is a guy that is all about his vision. This is his vision uncompromised. And we're getting it full blown and center. The aliens, oh my God, these aliens are fantastic. These aliens make Star Wars aliens look childish <laughs> to say. Like, oh my God, this, there's this spider alien woman. That whole scene was crazy. The That whole scene is a fight scene. And it's crazy, but like this, the practical effects mixed with the CGI is just insane. This alien spider woman creature. There's another female demonic alien creature. She also looks great. The robots look great. There's this robot named Jimmy. He's fantastic. On point. There's a lot. There's really a lot. Like, there's so much. But one of the issues I have with this film is the fact that there is a lot. And I mean a lot of Defa Field. Now, Defa Field can be used to good effect. It can be used great. It could be used to force you on a specific character, force you on a specific area, a point of interest to make you focus on it. But when it's overly done, it can be kind of distracting. And that's what this film did. It did a lot of death of field. So a lot of it, you couldn't really enjoy the the backgrounds a lot because the sets are beautiful sets. But when you put a lot of death of field, because I think Zack Snyder wanted to focus a lot more on the characters and less on the backgrounds. But when you have such beautiful sets and such beautiful landscapes and backgrounds, why not show them off? Why hide it with Defa Field? 
that was one of the oddities that I didn't get. Like, why are you trying to hide such beautiful cinematography, really? You're kind of hiding your best work <laughs> with with uh, Death of Field. So, so and that was an oddity. That was a, that, that was a real oddity. Another weird oddity was the amount of slow motion. This film had a lot of slow motion. And it would get ridiculous at point. And I'm like, why are you doing slow motion? There was a slow motion of like a plate falling, I, th I think it was. Why is there slow motion on that? Why was there slow motion with someone digging? Like there was weird slow motions for things that didn't need slow motions. At least for, for me, it didn't need slow motion. There was things that slow motion made it look awesome. And then there were things that slow motion just, why? Like it was confusing. So so the depth of field, the overuse of depth of field and the overuse of slow motion were kind of the my main gripes with this film because everything else was great. Everything else I really enjoyed the, the actually film. It was if Star Wars went, I guess, R-rated. <laughs> yeah, like if it was a R-rated Star Wars flick or R-rated sci-fi sci flick. It's really hard to judge because I don't want to say it's a Star Wars ripoff because I will be going like it's not blatantly ripping off Star Wars. There's a lot of things like I love their Zack Snyder's version of the cantina scene. I loved his version. Of it. it was very raw. And well done because the aliens are so well, so well done in this film. It's just the execution of this film this is probably one of my main gripes with this film like the film is not bad it isn't bad at all there's a lot to like about this film the set pieces the nazi-esque villains like the villains were all like they all looked at like ss nazis <laughs> they really did i think like the if you guys seen Starship Trooper at the very end, where the character, I forgot his name, uh, the actor that played Doozy Howard, Doozy How like Howard, that Chinese doctor back in the 80s. I keep on forgetting his name, but but if you watch Starship Troopers, you'll you you will get at the end where the guy is reading the big bug's mind, he actually comes out dressed in a Nazi, you know, SS suit. And these villains, they really look like an SS Nazi. The the main admiral villain, the dudes look straight up Nazi. Even with the cane that that he has, it's straight up Nazi. It is crazy. But it was he's so well acted. He was so over the top. So well done. The acting in this movie is top notch. These actors, like Roy Fisher. Oh my god, he does a great job. Like I like I even forgot that he was Roy Fisher. Uh, Ray Fisher, sorry, Ray Fisher. Um, if you guys don't know who he is, he did Cyborg and uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. So yeah, there's a lot to like about this film, but there's also a lot not to like. And what not to like, especially, is the overuse of Death of Field, overuse of slow motion, and the pacing of the film. I think this is one of Zack Snyder's, I guess, shorter films. I think this film was like a little over two hours. It was like two hours and ten minutes. Obviously, this is broken up into two parts, and part two is coming out in April 2024. But I feel like the pacing was 
very fast paced. And it was confusing at times because it's like you jump from one scene to the next and this is happening and that's happening. And there's a lot happening on screen. And then with the depth of field and slow motion on some of it, it's hard to really put together what's going on. And I think that's one of the things it could have been done better, which is the explanation and pacing, which the pacing, a better pacing would explain more. That is the thing. I think if it just would have went like two and a half hours, maybe an extra 15 minutes to iron out a little bit of the pacing, a little bit of explanation, slow things down just a little bit so that way that you could absorb everything that's going on. Because you could understand the basis of it. This is a basic sci-fi version of The Magnificent Seven as well as Seven Samurais. If you watch those films, this is the basic premise. Sprinkle in with the aesthetics of Star Wars, basically. Just in a very adult R-rated way. So if you understand the story of Seven Samurai and stuff like that, you will get the basic premise of this film. But there's a lot we don't know. Like, we don't know the main villain's motivation. Like, at the end, we think the Admiral is the main villain, but he's just a foot soldier. The main villain is the guy that's in charge of the Empire. Their version of Emperor Palpatine, basically. Like, he's the real guy in charge. But we get no screen time of him whatsoever. We don't know what's really his motivations. Why did he do the things that he did? You know, why is he evil? We don't get none of that. We just get the badass admiral that's doing his, you know, will. Basically what Darth Vader is doing. You know, it's very weird trying to figure out what this movie is. I guess part two will explain more. And once part two comes out, we could watch part one and part two together to get this better understanding. But overall, this film, it's better than what people think. A lot of people brush it off as Star Wars ripoff. And that's where a lot of negativity come in. But once you get past it being Star Wars ripoff, there is a lot to like about this film. There really is. It's just, it's not everybody's cup of tea because they're going to instantly see the Star Wars references and instantly be like, Okay, this is a, a quickly a Star Wars ripoff. Without really understanding that Star Wars is also a ripoff. <laughs> Star Wars is not as original as people think. It's also a ripoff of more successful franchises. It's just, who doesn't like Star Wars? Every fan of sci-fi loves Star Wars. It's between Star Wars and actually Star, Star Trek. Because Star Wars has such a crazy lore that the movies didn't really expand until later on where we got the video games the books and you can expand the lore of star wars and i feel like the lore of star wars is better than the films themselves and this film is better than some of the star wars films like i feel like this film is better than than the sequel trilogies episode seven eight and nine this film is vastly better than uh, those three films and this film is, in my opinion, better than Attack of the Clones. So, yeah, like, you should give this film a chance, obviously. You shouldn't just brush it off as a Star Wars ripoff. You really should go into it with an open mind. I think this is what my review is all about. Just give it an open shot. Just give it an open-minded. Really look. Yeah, 
uh, there's a lot of things I didn't like about it, but there were some things that I really enjoyed. And I think that's how you should embrace this film. Once again, guys, thank you so much for listening. I am your host, Matthew Warbay, a.k.a. MWarbay001 for all you Instagram followers and for all you PC gamers. I'm CoolHardy100 on Steam. Thank you so much for listening. And once again, guys, have an awesome day.